Welcome to Radio KBPV, Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village, a podcast about the history of southwestern Alberta, presented by Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village of Pincher Creek, a museum complex that documents the stories of western Canada's agricultural settlement through the preservation of local buildings and artifacts among a six-acre park. Pincher Creek is a town of 3,700 souls in a vast rural trading area of some 3,000 rural dwellers. A vibrant region of rolling prairie, foothills, the Rocky Mountains, the Pecani First Nation, Waterton Lakes National Park, the Crow's Nest Pass, and the Upper River Watershed of the South Saskatchewan River Basin. Join us in this podcast where we present walking tours of our buildings and hear the stories of the farmers, townsmen, cowboys, mounties, pioneer women, politicians, chroniclers, miners, railroaders, and so many other significant histories of this particular corner of Canada. Hello and welcome back to Radio KBPV. This is Ranger Gord on behalf of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. Uh, Today is December 14th, 2020, in that glorious year of the crisis. And today we're going to uh, try to get ourselves out of that that mode, into a Christmas mode. Um, For better or for worse, we are coming on to some holidays that promise to be different, but nonetheless we can still try to be our own as we as we stay safe and try to have Christmas in the best way that we can. Today we're going to look back at another time when uh, world events made uh, things seem bleak at some points, but still our pioneers of 105 years ago tried the best to have a Christmas season. And this is uh, written by Farley Wuth. And published in recently in the December second edition of of uh, Shooting the Breeze, and Farley calls it "Reflections from the Pioneer Christmas of 1915," which, as we history tells us, was right in the midst of World War One. And at this point in time, we were looking at uh, some 300 people leaving southwestern Alberta, off for the fronts in Europe. And as Farley says, Pioneer Christmas festivities were a long-time tradition within the Pincher Creek area. So let's have a look back to that holiday of 1915. During the First World War, by examining how the local stores participated, and by recalling Christmas dinner gatherings at some of the Pincher Creek establishments. Well, in spite of the wartime conditions, one of the festive features of the 1915 Christmas season in Pincher Creek were the brightly decorated store windows. Jackson Brothers Hardware Store, which, uh, to make your reference, is at the corner of Maine and uh, Beverly McLaughlin, right where the Rexall is today. And Jackson Brothers that Christmas featured a windmill. Now, that's something new to Pincher Creek. Labeled Santa's Mills, where this jolly old fellow was manufacturing a series of useful Christmas articles. Next door to Jackson's, the Fraser Brothers menswear mounted a tasteful display showing Santa standing in a chimney and surrounded by a large number of toys. Farther down the street in the prestigious Scott Block, the grocery store of Charles Kettleson's Sons composed an elaborate exhibit of the latest in fruit, 
canned goods, and confectionaries to catch the shopper's eye. Featured in the sales department were dried fruits and peels, spices, nuts, and candies, and all types of what were called table groceries. All orders were to receive prompt attention. Local pharmacist Del McRae organized a bountiful display of the latest in toys and games. One men's clothing store, known locally as the Haberdasher, and that's where we'll find the Harvest Coffee Shop today, was owned by longtime Pincher Creek businessman and politician Harvey Boysenberry, and he had a Christmas window featuring a large selection of winter clothing. Also on Main Street was the department store of W.J.E. McRoberts, and that's where the provincial building is today, who it is said featured two well-stocked windows of hardware goods. A few of his advertised sporting goods were hockey boots, skates, and hand sleighs. Also promoted at the store were a wide selection of useful kitchen goods, including tea kettles in boxes. Fancy carving sets, coffee pots, and teapots. Across the street back at Jackson Brothers, the Jacksons specialized in harnesses and saddlery and also offered Christmas specials. Skates were priced at 75 cents and up. Carving sets were retailed for up to $15. Watches could be purchased for up to $2.50 at this hardware store. Christmas Day dinners were served in significant luxury at the local hotels, and that continued in 1915. It was said that the menu selections were widespread and very appealing. Roast turkey and duck were featured on more than one menu, and each was accompanied by fresh vegetables, a selection or two of... A selection of two or three soups, appetizers, and those traditional desserts. Traditional in that usually they were hotel-baked Christmas cakes and pies. These selections were fit for any discriminating taste buds. The dining room at the old Arlington Hotel was particularly well laid out and patronized by many of the locals. On staff were Mrs. Harris and her crew, who were publicly commended for their ability to tastefully decorate the dining room and for their attention to detail in terms of the Christmas Day services. This well-established hotel, a favorite with the local ranchers and businessmen, was owned and managed by the community-minded Mr. William R. Doby, who the previous year had finished a very successful term as the town's mayor. The large two-and-a-half-story Doby house stood proudly on the South Hill situated at the corner of East Avenue and Schofield Street. Now the weather for Christmas 1915 was fortunately reported by our pioneers as being quite pleasant for that time of the year. The coldest temperature dipped down to only one degree below zero Fahrenheit the morning of December 26th and most of the temperatures the week before and during Christmas averaged in the 20s or 30s, so around the freezing point. 
Less than three quarters of an inch of snow fell between Christmas and New Year's Day. Now that uh, slightly freezing weather was ideal for skating and hockey games on the creek and the nearby sloughs and ponds. The temperatures were just generally cold enough to ensure with some caution that water surfaces remained frozen yet were not too cold to enjoy the activities. The small snow accumulations that season further meant that clearing the ice surfaces for these fun-filled family and community gatherings was only a small chore. And these recreational sporting events brought together hard-working pioneers who still appreciated Good Christmas. And these traditions of 1915 were particularly important for those area pioneers who were otherwise concerned about the tragedies of the First World War and the welfare of their sons and friends and brothers who were on the battlefields in Europe. Nineteen fifteen on Christmas Day On the Western Front the guns all died away And lying in the mud on bags of sand We heard a German sing from no man's land He had a tenor voice so pure and true the words were strange, but every note we knew Soaring o'er the living dead and damned A German sang of peace from no man's land They left their trenches and we left ours The smiles bloomed like wildflowers With photos, cigarettes and pots of wine We built a soldier's troops on the front line The singer was a lad of twenty-one We begged another song before the dawn I'm sitting in the mud and blood and fear He sang again the song all longed to hear Silent night, no cannons roar A king is born of peace forevermore All's cloud, all's bright Brothers hand in hand In 1915 in no man's land And in the morning all the guns wounded in the rain And we killed them and they killed us again at night they charged, we fought them hand to hand And I killed the boy that sang in no man's land
silent night, no cannons roar. Our King is born of peace forevermore. That young soldier sings And the song of peace still rings For the captains and all the kings Build no man's land Sleep in heavenly Thank you for listening to Tales of Kootenay Brown Pioneer Village. This episode was researched and written by historians Farley Wood and Gord Tolton. This podcast is recorded and engineered by Gord Tolton. Episodes can be found at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcatcher. Visit our website at www.kootenaybrown.ca. Kootenay is spelled K O O. T-E-N-A-I Also, visit and join our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more information on our museum or even better, visit us at 1037 Beverly McLaughlin Drive in beautiful Pincher Creek, Alberta.